Let's do it. Arizona, you know what time it is in the PHX. It's go time. From Mesa to Maryville. Oh, Camelback to Cave Creek. From the 303 to the 202. We are the podcast that reaches the beaches. It's time <laughs> for the Valley Variety. That was actually impressive. <laughs> My name is Jacob Jones. He is Ben Yates. Ben, what is going on? I think you were trying to stand me up for what I did to your intro last week. Oh, because he copied it? <laughs> I was trying to copy it. Because Oh, because it's straight up 4 yeah. o'clock? Yeah, you decided to go all out on this one. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. That was a shout-out to Vince Murata, the voice and PA announcer of your Phoenix Suns. Be a guest, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. Come on on, Vince. I, 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 wish, I, had your num- you. I wish I had your number. I have your co-host number, uh, yeah. uh, Dan Bickley, which is, is, is good enough. But, man... Ever since our last show, it has been a, a crazy week of sports, to really say the least. No, literally after our last show, seconds after we saw Tom Chambers in the elevator. So Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> we're, we're we'll, go this, week. we'll go through this really quickly. Uh, Tom Chambers, obviously Suns legend, uh, the first unrestricted free agent in NBA history, um, does the pregame show for Suns away games upstairs at Cronkite. That's three stories up. Three stories up on the sixth floor. So uh, when we were coming down, uh, he was just heading back. And that was uh, pretty cool, getting to see a Suns legend. I was surprised I kept my cool for that long. Yeah, Angel had no idea why you were so silent. I mean, it was like, Jacob, are you going to speak? No, I can't speak. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's, it's just, it, and I, called, I remember calling my dad and said, Dad, I just met Tom Chambers. Jacob Jones has never been this quiet for that amount of time. I, I assure you. That's true. No, that's true. No, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I think the first thing we have to go over in terms of sports is uh, our brackets. I don't know if I can even talk about my bracket. They I, are, they are more than busted right now. They are. Yeah. They they were beat up in an alleyway. Yeah. I mean, they had no shot. It, this was one of the better upset seasons in in the last few years. Yeah. I don't know if I said it, but I I was saying like if there's gonna be a a year where a 16 seed could pull something off or a 15 seed could make a run like Royal Roberts did last year, this would be the year. Right. The, like the top. 20 teams in the nation have all been going back and forth for that one seed. It's been ridiculous. Well, I think it shows you. I think it shows every year. Just seeds aren't really a good representation of where these teams are. Absolutely I not. mean, it's March. This yeah. is this is the, not the craziest time of year, but it's also the most unpredictable time of year. And my favorite time of year. It's it, <laughs> and it, until, yes, until, until something else happens to one of my teams and my only team. Well, I think we have to go through that now and... Fortunately, yeah, uh, I, I'm over it now. It's okay, okay. I, I I shed some tears. I'm ready to go. I've used. I had to go upstairs and uh, dry them off and come back down and right. watch the other games. Yeah. So uh, number fifteen seed St. Peter's took out number two seed Kentucky. Never mind. It still hurts. <laughs> and the, it's like me talking about the finals, even though I repeatedly do it. Yeah. For some reason, you always shoot yourself in the foot. I know. I do. And I've been doing that this last week. Like uh, at least your team wasn't beat by a fifteen seed. I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm not saying Bucks and six. I'm not. Right. I'm just not. Uh, but they, just won't do it. No, never. I, I never say Bucks and six. I mean, no. what am I insane? Fifty chicken minis. <laughs> <laughs> half sprite, half lemonade. Yeah. Either way, nothing PTSD there. <laughs> no. Not Oh, love you honest. Uh, so number St. Peter's beats Kentucky 85-79 and in overtime just a crazy back and forth match against a really good we've seen from a really good St. Peter's team, a very impressive St. Peter's team that after they beat Kentucky went on and beat 7 seed Murray State. They just have something against Kentucky. That that that, that kid, I can never remember his name for the life of me. The kid with the the mullet and the mustache 
You know the, what I'm talking about? The one on St. Peter's? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's so unforgettable. He's that little scrawny white kid that plays point guard. No yes. one else knows who he is. It's just the mustache. It's the prepubescent mustache guy <laughs> on St. Peter's. And I, I have yeah. no remorse for this team. <laughs> it's uh, I, You know, that Kentucky game, you saw me in tears at yeah. in the dining hall. I was just sitting there watching my guys get absolutely destroyed by the prepubescent mustache white boy. Yeah. Seeing him kind of reminded me <laughs> what I was like after, the, after game six. Yeah. Of just like, you know. And for me, it was a little. It was a little. You know, it was more elongated because we had lost Game Five, and so I, right. I knew the in- inevitable was kind of like, well, I know we're probably not going to win Game Six, but you know, there's still this, there's fighting chance. Right. My, my inevitable was about ten minutes. Exactly, so. and that's and that's the worst part of that. You know, I had time to prepare myself for what right. was going to be. What Mine I was, was going to be like after Game Seven. Stab in the back. But but in terms of the bra- in terms of the tournament, why it makes it so powerful in these situations, it's all, you know, it's do or die. It's sudden death. Right. It's sudden death. It's so, that's what makes it, you know, so hurt, you know, it makes it hurt so much is that, you know, it's, it is so, you know, just, you know, right. it hits you that hard. Well, and they, Kentucky never recovered from their injuries. They had a game against Auburn where both Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington went down, uh, and they came back a couple games later, and they just never looked the same. Uh, it's even been said that Ty Ty Washington, one of the top ten prospects in the NBA draft this year, his stock probably plummeted because right. of this. And it's looked pretty good that he might come back next season. I'm not going to speculate too much right. uh, as a biased fan, but <laughs> I really hope that's true. Yeah, and you know, I think it's all that's obviously all for speculation. But you'd think with the, you know, with the reputation of Kentucky, obviously a, a blue blood and some and a team that was hoping to get at least the final four this year, mm-hmm. you know, players would have the urge to say, you know, we want, we want another shot of this before going to the pros. You know, I want at least another shot at the title before I, because, you know, this is going down in the first round is obviously leaves a very you know, bitter taste in your mouth. If you're, right. you know, if you're someone like Ty Ty Washington, other upsets around the country, num- number eight, North Carolina took out number one seed Baylor. I predicted that one. You did. Did you not? I did not. I had Baylor. Uh, look at that. I had Baylor in that one. I'm part of the 15%. Let's go. Richmond took out Iowa. That was a good game. Uh, Colgate had a, had Wisconsin scared. Yeah. And then number 10 seed Miami took out number two Auburn. Yeah. Auburn is another team that I was hoping would make it. Those are my two champions, Kentucky and Auburn, like up in the championship slot. Right. So that's two half of my final four gone. Just right there. Exactly. Same here. So my my original Final Four was Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzaga's the only one left. This right. is you talk about broken brackets. This Bo- is both of us have a someone from the west side of the bracket that region. Because right. I have Duke and you have Gonzaga. Exactly. Uh, and the only reason I have Duke was to go against Kentucky so we could kick them out of the Final Four <laughs> and end Coach K's career. And speaking of Coach so. K's career, uh, Coach Izzo and Coach K had their final matchup yeah. um, last, was it, and Friday? What a, yeah, and what a matchup it was. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal game. I couldn't keep my eyes off the screen. And it's so, you know, it's uh, Michigan State being the seventh seed this year. Uh, barely squeaked by Davidson the first round. Yeah. And Kentucky taking care of um, um, California Fullerton. Uh, Kentucky? Taking care of Cal State Fullerton? Uh, no, Duke taking care, oh, they, care of. Oh, did I say Kentucky again? You did say Kentucky. Oh, that's, how dare you? That's like that's, no, no, no. First of all, how dare you? That's every time. You can't compare that. I mean, Duke being that <laughs> to what we are, Kentucky. Ooh, ooh, that. I'm, I am getting 
flamed as the no you're going to get flamed after this as as the, as the kids <laughs> say i'm getting flamed um number one seed arizona survives a scare against tcu they are going to the sweet 16 to play houston a game so i'm really games. really looking forward to i think I any think, asu fan wants houston to win oh yeah i mean i wanted i mean i was i was doing the horn frog signal i was yeah. You know, but also, so I guess so were U of A players after the game. And there was a there was a video shown that U of A players running off the floor where uh, as TCU was playing their alma mater, was running by and waving goodbye to the TCU fans. So, uh, <laughs> not to be too uh, on one side or the other, but stay classy, U of A. Yeah, I'm um, into that. But I think Houston is probably the uh, you know it's hard to say now. There's a lot of good teams in this bracket on U of A side. But uh, so it's Arizona, Houston, Michigan, Villanova, for the chance to go to the Final Four. Houston is the best team, or is the only team. Arizona is the best team in this out of those four. Mm-hmm. But Houston is the only team that can take out Arizona. Yeah, it because you don't want to look at Michigan and Villanova try and do that against U of A because I mean the size that U of A has will actually beat Michigan, which is. Their only asset is Hunter Dickinson. Mm-hmm. He'll be broken down by that U of A size that's just exactly like unfathomably big. Exactly. <laughs> and I think with Houston, you know, obviously we were talking before, they have the best shooter in the country. Yeah. And the one thing I think how they can be U of A is you gotta do one of a few things. Um, you gotta wear him down. You know, TC did a really good job of that, of staying with him. Unfortunately, it went to overtime because I think TCU had the best shot of beating them in regulation. Obviously, that crazy ending, Dale and Terry. Dunk at the end. The dunk that n- almost was. That point, it was 0.3 seconds. If he had jumped like 0.4 seconds uh, quicker or something, yeah. you know, that's a game winner. And he looked slow. When you look at the playback, it was like he was just jogging up there, not sprinting up there. Like he and wasn't really he was, trying. Maybe he was preparing for the dunk. I'm not really sure. It's hard to say maybe. in that moment as... You know, it's you know you don't want to you don't want to put up a layup because you're afraid you'll miss, or you don't want to put up a floater because you. That's the thing. A, flo- a floater will be easier, or a layup will be easier to hit with that much time on the clock than a dunk. I mean, that's yeah. just you know, that's the immaturity of college basketball that you don't think about that in the moment. You want to go for the big game winner in that big moment. You don't think about what's smart most of the time. Yes, and and so, that's what the fault yeah. of most of these teams are. Right. Another another big game that um, that's. I think it's really underrated that's going to be coming up tomorrow is Texas Tech and Duke. Yep. Texas Tech, a team who went to the Final Four, I think, 2018, has had a great program, a three-seed against Duke, um, obviously number two seed. That could be, I, and you know, maybe that sets up a really good matchup in Gonzaga-Arkansas, another really good game coming up. Right. This is one of the most competitive um, regions that, you know, I've seen in the Sweet 16 in a long time. Right. So this is going to be really interesting to see what goes on. Uh, we have North Carolina, UCLA, Purdue, and St. Peter's. Let's see if St. Peter's can can shock <laughs> shock the world again, maybe. And then yeah. Iowa State, Miami, 11 and a 10 seed in Sweet 16. A really good matchup there. And then Kansas and Providence uh, going off, and those are all on Friday. That North Carolina-UCLA game, I originally have North Carolina winning, but I don't know. I mean, they're on a huge tear, North Carolina, since – the end of the season right they've been ridiculous they beat duke in the last home game of coach k's career uh which i thought was huge for their momentum i mean look where they are where they are now they're sweet 16 about to be the elite eight right uh they just have to ucla to go well, through and they can do it well who's going to be the elite eight be in the elite eight yeah he said someone's going to be in the uh north, north carolina oh no predictions in march no. madness 
You don't think so? Never, never make. I mean, what do you mean? Don't make predictions. We have brackets that we have predictions of in front of us. Those, those are different. That's that's really that's making picks. Making predictions is a lot different. I'm not throwing money on it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I could. I mean, I mean, that's a whole other story. But I don't really want to put money on anything in March Madness. Though. Obviously not. But man, what you know. These, yeah, maybe. I mean, because UCLA is so up and down. They did lose to an ASU. T- they did lose to ASU earlier this year. We all remember that game. Students rushed the floor. A right. Crazy atmosphere at DFA. And then North Carolina, you know, obviously, like you were saying, North Carolina going on a, on a great, ta- you know, an awesome tear at the end of the regular season. You know, that's just ends with with March. You know, it's so hard to say. It's up in the air. Always I, is. But, but like you, I do have North Carolina. Hey, but, you like know, every time I hear prediction in March, I'm like, whoa, hold, let's all hold our horses there. Yeah, well, no one wants to try and predict the future because they never want to be on the record as wrong. Exactly. Because now I'm forever on the record as totally wrong as Kentucky being my champion yes. in my bracket. Uh, but speaking of being totally wrong, let's go to the bracket that we formulated with all these random picks. Oh, yeah. Because I need to update you on some <laughs> some interesting facts. Um let me see here. In the Sweet 16, they have every single matchup wrong. Every single one of them has at least one fallacy. The only three teams they got right to be in the Sweet 16 are UCLA and Kansas. Really? Yeah. Ooh. That's it. Ouch. Because they have TCU, Georgia State, Colgate and Virginia Tech in the final four. All of them went out in the first round except for TCU. <laughs> that that goes to show how well this bracket is doing. Yeah. It also shows you how unpredictable March is. Am, am I, am well, I right? well, you could say that, but picking 16 seed over Gonzaga was probably a, a shot in the dark, one would uh, say. I mean, if you, even, if you want to even call it a shot. <laughs> It's like a one percent chance they would win, right? In yeah, some, something like that. Like yeah, a 05 percent. Yeah, if, if even if even that, I, I'd like to see not to put salt in the wound of just like of of March, but when we're talking about you know predictions that we see ESPN, I can't like I'm trying to remember what the St. Peter's Kentucky you know was. If you, uh, uh, it's more than like, enough. It should have been. I think it was five percent St. Peter's. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes chance. sense. Just, I it, was checking that all week. I'm pretty sure that's grained in my memory. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, well, I hate to keep reminding you of it. But, that 5% chance. But uh, as, as our friend says, college basketball, March, madness, America! America. Yeah, uh, that referencing. Oh, uh, yeah. I just love I love using that our remaining time talking about March madness of, yeah. of doing our uh, uh, doing our friend um, who is, uh, every, who is, I think, almost every day on No Context Plays. If okay. I'm not mistaken. I think so. Oh, he's got to be. He is the he is the March legend. Uh, put it on the poll. March Madness America. Yes or no? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, come on, come on, come on. But uh, speaking of <laughs> other basketball news, Kyrie Irving. Oh please. Is able to play home games. This upsets everything the NBA has been looking at for a while now. Whoo! This is um, this changes a lot of landscapes. In, yeah basketball now of the fact that and you know we're obviously looking toward the playoffs now right of the fact that i think a lot of teams have been looking at the fact that well if we can just survive um these home games you know you know because now it's easier to steal one while obviously when you don't have your one of your best players 
Right. And so now, you know, so going into Brooklyn now is the is one of the biggest threats in the NBA now. And it wasn't just yesterday. Exactly. Uh, the, right now they're in the play-in, so they would have had to go to Toronto for the first play-in game to decide who gets the seventh seed. Right. And in Toronto, that mandate is still up. They yes. have not dropped that yet. So Kyrie would not be available for that game. Right. And then they'd have to go back to Brooklyn to play either Charlotte or Atlanta. That's how it is right now. Right. And Kyrie Irving would not play. So that was that's a risk in the play-in where Kevin Durant would have to carry everything unless Ben Simmons decides to step up and say, hey, I'm playing now. Right. But, you know, I think, and obviously the Ben Simmons whole future thing and exactly when he's coming back is is a, as much as a mystery as this past hour has been right. with Kyrie Irving. But, you know, it's also upsetting. It's kind of, I wouldn't say infuriating, but it's also, you know, Kyrie has been sitting on the, Kyrie bought tickets for, Sideline seats mm-hmm. um, for the last couple games. Although he's unable, to, but he's unable to play. Right, but, but he, he can, can take his mask off in front of the players. Exactly, right there. And, and he got fined for going to the locker room. Yeah, which, but it doesn't make any sense. He's sitting there, maskless already, with his teammates, maskless at the floor. So he's already there, unvaccinated with his teammates, right. and he's not doing anything worse by going to the locker room. Yes, it's very stupid of him to do that. Right. Yes, it costs him money to do that. But New York law should see it at this point. Yeah, that's not really wise. Yeah. To it's make not. That a if law. you're gonna, well, it's also very. You know, I think a lot of, if you're, you know, if I'm not a Nets fan. I'm a Suns fan. But if I am a Nets fan, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, this is so hypocritical. I'm right. watching my one of my star players on the, having courtside seats on the side of my game in the in the middle of the playoff race. Right. And players run into the sidelines all the time. Yeah. Like they always, you know, accidentally trip and fall into them or, you know, steal a beer from them. Or <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we've, we're still, like, um, old New York Yankees legend Don Manley did a few, I think, back in the 90s when he was playing for the Yankees. Sure. He used to, and he was going towards for a foul ball and the ball landed and he didn't catch it. And there was a kid with popcorn uh, just, like, mm-hmm. hanging out on the, the, front row seats, right. and Don Mattingly goes and takes a, a handful. <laughs> That's why he's one of my favorite players of all time. It's just the... Well, a, a, any player that steals food from right. fans is, is, is pretty cool. But anyway, it's like the end of the pandemic, sure, you can argue that, but right. I don't want to say that as part of this argument. The idea of this, that he's been on the sideline, he's already maskless, he doesn't care what you say. You might as well just lift the law at this point. Right. But at that point, that's why... That's why it's taken so long. It's because New York doesn't want to just submit to Kyrie Irving. Right. God forbid anyone agree with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Or do what he wants. And I know, I know it's hard. I think it's it's probably hard for New York City right now. Well, I think you know now we're just if we let him do this now we're just proving his point that well now well now Kyrie gets what he wants either way. Mm -hmm. I know that's the last thing they're they're trying to do. But if you're if he doesn't get his way if you don't want him to get his way why are you letting him in the building either way? Exactly. It's just a lot of you know, controversy and... Right. So away from Kyrie right now, how does this change your landscape and how are you seeing this playoff format set up now? That Now that you know that the Nets are going to have Kyrie for a full series. Well, an hour ago, both of us were looking at our computers trying to decide, you know, MVP race and playoff race and uh, we're thinking, oh, Brooklyn, not so much of a threat with home games being out of the question, but now we're looking at this completely differently. So this is off the fly. Uh, Brooklyn probably going to come in at that eight seed or seven seed. Yeah, I mean they're only uh, two games back of Toronto. Right. So if they, I mean if they do go against Toronto in the play-in, 
I think Kyrie, I mean, he can't play. Uh, so Kevin Durant has to carry that. Right. He, he's capable against that team. That should be easy for him. Yeah. But if he wins, then he has to go against Miami or Milwaukee in the right. first round. And no one wants to do that. <laughs> it's and not a team in the world that wants that. And that's, and you've got to, like, the, the age-old story, you got to steal a game. And I think it makes yep. it easier for Brooklyn now, is you got to steal a game on the, uh, like they say, it's not a series until the ro- until the away team wins a game at home. At the, uh, or what's the saying? The It's not a series until the away team wins? I don't know, but I like seeing you struggle with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> but that's going to be the new challenge for Brooklyn coming in, is that can you steal a game? Because now it's going to be, you almost had to win both games if you have to go play Miami or Milwaukee. Right. Man, we got to go steal both games at least. Because if we're coming home, we're not going to have Kyrie. Well, if they if they win that game against Toronto, they go against Milwaukee. Right. Which, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what, a fir- like that, what a first round. I mean, you make the first round series a Western like an Eastern Conference final rematch. Yeah. Like how... That's a crazy turnaround in just a year. Was it semifinals? Yeah, because remember it was Hawks. Bucks. Oh, the Hawks. That's right. Because I wanted the Hawks so bad. And that then I got so the, funny. And then I, I get the Bucks, and then I was That's like, right. "Well, here we go." Trey Young and his Cinderella run. Yes, because yeah. Uh, yeah, that was just how the speaking, mighty. Speaking fallen. of which, we, he was in uh, he was in New York last night playing the Knicks. Trey. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was back home. Oh yeah, I saw that. Oh, he was. Oh, the Knicks fans love to hate him. Yeah. But you know, I think we talked about it. A little bit earlier, who our favorite is to come out of the East. I, I still see Miami. Yeah. I don't see a threat to them right now. I like what I see from Milwaukee. Or I don't like what I see, but what um, <laughs> but what I've been seeing from Milwaukee and from the Bucks since you know they're, I know they're the defending champions. There's right. no, there's no debating that. But Miami and the start and their not only their star power but also their, their communication and the and just their team runs just so much faster than any other team in the East. So I still like Miami coming out, but man, that it's still a really close, you know, matchup for me. And it's also a really close East. I mean, the Cavs are only six games out sure. of the of the one seed. It, I'd like to think of it this way. Uh, the Bulls have looked really good for me all season with DeMar DeRozan being MVP candidate uh, player this year. I mean, it's fantastic seeing DeMar being back. But when when you look at the Bulls a little closer, like you look at their record and it's like, oh, that's really good. For Chicago, that's fantastic. But they are 0-16 against the top six teams in the league. Exactly. Which is exactly why you know Miami, Milwaukee, Philly uh, are looked so above Chicago right, right. now. Which I, lo- I love Chicago. Their play style is fantastic. Levine, DeMar, Alex Caruso. It's, I mean, I love the team. Right. But you can't just put that up against everything else. Right. While they are suffering, Boston Celtics are going crazy right now. Yes. So, and, I, question, right now. Yeah. I think the question is, it's a big, it's more of a question they talk about in baseball a lot, is does your September impact your October? If you're a player, does your September batting average go in, impacting your October? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to be interested to see from Boston. Does your hot start um, carry over into the playoffs? Or is this just your, lit, your you know, late season run? Is this your push to the playoffs? Are you playing hard because you know you need to get this top seed? And once you get there, maybe your your intensity, and maybe not. I mean, I wouldn't say your your intensity, maybe, but um, because you know you're going to be a friend of your home fans. There's going to be full arenas now. That playoff intensity is going to be back. Mm-hmm. Like something we didn't see last year, and 
away from places, you know, like the Suns, who opened up their arena in the second round, and, and New York, who was crazy, who were crazy either way. Right. But, you know... It, but it's, we, a good yeah. pu- it's a good push in, at the end of the regular season, but when you get to the playoffs, they're going to go against probably either Chicago or Cleveland. I think that's where they're trying to push into, right. is that four or three. Because they, they won't get two or one at this point. Uh, I mean, they're very capable. They have right. enough games to do so. But I think Miami and Milwaukee will still run away with this. Right. Uh, but Boston going against Chicago or Cleveland, that's their goal. Like, yeah. They can beat those two teams in the first round yeah. and go to the second. Well, I think the biggest question of who has – it's going to be who has the most depth coming into this. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I love to talk about the Suns and how much, but they really have they, – they really are the deepest team in the NBA. Yeah. You know, our starting – so you know, when we have a – you know, we're slated to have a really healthy playoff roster. If everything works out, Chris Paul is like a week away from returning to the regular season. Uh, he was shown practicing healthy in uh, Sacramento before their game against the Kings. So, and you look at our so our normal starting lineup is uh, Jay Crowder, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, McCall Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, you know our back floor is as uh, JaVale McGee, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, uh, Bismack Biombo. Landry Shamit, Alfred Payton. I, mean, I could go on and on and on. No. I could say the whole roster. Oh, I know you could. You could probably you go another episode on this. Exactly. <laughs> but that's why I think a team like the Suns, who you know are already looking towards the second and third rounds, right? Or you know, who are a lot of teams' favorites. But you know, that also scare you know also kind of scares a few fans of teams like Memphis and Golden State and Utah. You know, you have a bunch of deep teams. The West is extremely deep this year. Yeah, I, I look at the Suns for the depth, as you say. Uh, Chris Paul got out on the 16th of February. Yep. I think the Suns are 10-4 and four since then. Yeah. Four losses, 10 wins, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, not what Phoenix wants to see so much, but when you think about how they've won six games without Chris Paul against top-tier opponents, it's pretty good to look at. Yeah, and the last point I'll make before we go to our next um, subject is... Is our away record? We are twenty eight yes. and six on the road. Yeah, that's very. We've only right. lost six games on the road this whole year. Yeah, you've only lost eight at home too. We've only lost eight at home, but that six losses on the road, and the fact that we've only lost two straight games or three straight games, like you know, two or three times this whole year, is the fact that we can we're able to bounce back, and that was one of the biggest things for me last year coming into this, that Suns playoff run, that this team knows how to bounce back from losses. Mm-hmm. And that obviously worked well in the playoffs until we got to the finals. But this is, you know, kind of how it shapes up. You know, Suns fans are definitely excited for the playoffs. And you know, I think it also brings up a lot of the uh, the conversation about Devin Booker. There's been a lot of conversation about him in the MVP race now. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas was going all going on about it on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason for Devin Booker to not be considered this uh, in this category, you know, uh, in this bar scene, as I will. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I have a whole scenario drawn yes. out for you, Jake. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Uh, so imagine the MVP race as a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this guy talking a good story, and everyone's kind of listening, you know, having a couple of drinks. And the people at the bar are, you know, people that are in this MVP race. And the guy talking the most right now with the best story is Nikola Jokic. And that's yes. not based off the, you know, him being the most recent MVP, right. defending MVP, but he's just got the best scenario right now. Uh, where it looks like he could win this. Everyone else is talk. Everyone's talking a good storm on Jokic online and on the media, 
it's looking great from Embiid's kind of trying to get his conversation through. Giannis is like, hey, I'm still here. Right. Uh, DeRozan, uh, Steph, LeBron, they're kind of taught, you know, not LeBron, sorry. Kevin Durant, John Morant. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, that rhymes. I never thought, <laughs> sorry, I'm taking a moment here. John Morant and Kevin Durant rhyme. Have... <laughs> 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 Put it on the poll. Did you know that John Morant and Kevin Durant rhymed? Like, have you ever noticed that? And now everyone's going to say yes. So like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone's liars. Oh, <laughs> Any, liars. Anyway, uh, you have all these people just sitting at the bar. Uh, and you have LeBron sitting in the back just smoking a little cigarette like, man, I wish they talked about me still like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's he's scoring. The, he has the scoring title right now, LeBron. Right. 30 points per game. I mean, he's absolutely ridiculous. The only reason he's not there is because of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, I think not, you know, the whole Lake group really isn't helping, but Russell obviously is not the, right. being the starting lineup every night and, you know, you know, being offended by fans calling them a, calling them the wrong last name. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It definitely doesn't help. Westbrook? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, my bad. Oh, my bad. What'd you say? Uh, Westbrook. I'm sorry, Westbrook. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Westbrook. Yeah. Um, Don't disrespect my name. Yeah, I think Steph has left the bar. You know, he's kind of like te- taking a step out the door. Yeah. Because uh, Jokic and Embiid and Giannis have stolen his seat a little bit. And Booker's trying to walk in, too. Like, he's yeah. walking into this bar saying, hey, I don't have a partner right now. Look at what I'm doing. Uh, I'm scoring this many points. Yeah. And Luca's doing the same thing. His partner is now in Washington. Right. So Luca's on the same boat as Devin Booker. Tatum's walking in with his 9-1 and record in the last 10 games. I mean, they're, they're all three making great cases. But John Morant has just been trying to enter this conversation for a while. He's right. listening to Jokic and being like, but what, wait, I have a better record than you, and I'm doing this too. Like, yeah. I don't have a partner. <laughs> I think the big, I think the big, um, one of, you know, I speak, speaking of big, I think the reality of what the MVP race has been all about, look at the past few years. Who won it last year? Right. Jokic. It's just been big, and big, then, big. And then who's won it the you know, past few years been the conversation? Giannis. Right. And then I'm trying to remember the Roman 2019-20 MVP. Was it a, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think he was another big, yeah. another big man. So it's been that conversation now. It didn't used to be like, you know, we talked about a guy like, you know, Steve Nash was two-time MVP. Yeah, yeah. Took, took it away from Shaq, you know? And Shaq still complains about it all the time. Oh, you know, Steve Nash took the MVP away from me. <laughs> and then Charles is like, oh, Shaq, you're just ridiculous, man. You didn't, you know, you didn't get that MVP, man. And then Michael Jordan would enter the chat and be like, shut up, Chuck. <laughs> I took that person. Yeah, he's a huge... I remember, I think, going a little off topic, I remember there was a Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley were doing a sit-down interview with Oprah Winfrey. What? And, uh, yeah, and so I think, I guess Michael used to ride motorcycles. Maybe he still does. Okay. And Charles was like, I, I just don't know. It's just it's scary. You don't, you don't have control of the bike or something like that. And Michael was like, you have to be focused. You have to be determined. He was um, like, yeah. Charles wouldn't know that's like, you don't know what it's like to be a winner. That's right. I remember that. And just, bam. I mean, ouch, yeah. Michael. Ouch. Yeah, for real. I know you beat him in the finals, but man. I think Isaiah Thomas just retweeted a quote that a sports reporter called Amin Al-Hassan uh, just tweeted out. It's like, Michael Jordan, he, he was kind of, you know, an a-hole. <laughs> I mean, I mean. And Isaiah Thomas tweet, retweeted that. <laughs> onto the internet. <laughs> yeah, I maybe mean, and, and he kind of was. I mean, I think we all kind of found out in the last dance of, but as Michael Jordan said, in that the kind of intensity it takes in this, you know, I, you know, he said it. He said it best. I never asked my teammates to do something I didn't do. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, 
they, uh, and maybe I left out some expletives. I would say so. <laughs> and so, but it's also that just like the, and I think that's why a lot of people, you know, think he's the greatest of all time. Is the intensity, it's the drive, it's the, and that's also why Kobe's on a lot of number two. Yeah. Of all time. It's like, you know, because he, he got that from Michael of like the, the drive and the power and the, and the determination and the work and the we say hungry we devour yes I was yeah. about to just I got you I was about to just say that <laughs> and the the mamba mentality I mean that all stemmed from Michael <laughs> rock and roll exactly rocking it <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> literally speaking of rocking it rocking the world trades trades oh, Tyreek Hill NFL going crazy. to the Miami Dolphins yep I mean Kansas City what you doing Miami. Good job. Uh, Miami is is really pulling some strings now. I'm going to be excited to see what Miami does for the rest of this uh, this uh, free agency pool. To see if yeah. now that you have Tyreek Hill, are you building from? Are you building into 2023, 2024? Are you trying to really be competitive yeah. for 2022? Well, and they used to go after Deshaun Watson. You know, yes. last season they were trying that with you know Tua, trying to see if Tua and Deshaun trade would work out. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're going to stick with Tua as a fan favorite yeah, over this, there. This so. is really good, really good crazy. John, Deshaun Watson's now Cleveland Brown. Is now Cleveland <laughs> Brown. I mean, Baker Mayfield's still a Cleveland he Brown. Was, that would be, well, for now. But for now, now he wants until out. he gets <laughs> traded. And then, now he and, wants out. And now he wants out. And uh, the Kyler Murray situation in Arizona has seemed to die down just a little bit, but the Arizona Cardinals refuse, it feels like, to make a move in free agency, which is upsetting a lot of Cardinal fans. Uh, hey, Cardinals fan, how are you feeling right now? Not good. Okay. <laughs> Not good. Uh, it's just the and there's been a lot of uh, slander about uh, a lot of question marks about uh, GM Steve Kahn and you know his his draft status and how he's drafted the past few years. So I think that's going to be a big question right now of what do the Cardinals do in these past in these next few weeks before leading up to the draft. What are we doing to improve? Are we going and just kind of building off what we had last year? Are we just trying to get another 7-0 start and not blow it this time? I mean, yeah. we just signed our head coach and GM to a two different contracts until 2027. Okay. All this money that could have been going to, towards Kyler Murray. So it's, it's all, so I think right now it's just the question of where does he want this thing to go? And I think it's upsetting a lot of Cardinal fans. We should see a whole episode of you just going on Arizona sports and all your complaints. Because yes. <laughs> you have so many about the Diamondbacks, the oh, Cardinals. I just, it's... ASU, I mean, for, for dear Lord... <laughs> Everything I mean, you can say about all the sports that I we mean, have here. The Suns, go- you'll actually have some good things. Yes, so. I mean, thank goodness for the Suns. because they are, for the Suns. They're really setting the, the... I think the Suns are really setting the uh, standard higher for Arizona sports. Yeah. Like, all right, you see what we're doing? Let's make this a championship city. <laughs> yeah, then themselves don't have a championship, but I think they're they're definitely heading towards that. Right. Just like... Uh, but I think when it comes to championships, we don't really talk about it. You know, we don't we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> I think Gonto music. Yeah. We're obsessed. We're we're we actually really obsessed. Are. We really are. Like we sing in Kanto music uh out of nowhere. We just play it and we're just li- like actually singing along and our friend Angel, poor guy, oh, just I know. watching us. <laughs> Let's be clear. What? This uh, a boiler runs the show. Whoa. She lives here so many years ago. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> here we go again. I mean, it's a good, it's a good movie. It is. It I mean, is. the plot is the, you it's, know, I mean, but the music, it uh, like, slaps. If I could, yeah, I just, you know. That, how, would, uh, how would you sum up the plot, honestly? Just I mean, for the fans who haven't seen it, what, what, what is it? I mean, the plot's not great. Sure. But uh, it's like, it's like that, uh, that soundbite, like, oh no, 
Our house. <laughs> it's, it's broken. broken. <laughs> that, that's pretty much the plot. It just oh the, no, our casita is broken. broken. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the plot. I mean, not to bash the movie, but that's. Would you? Would you agree? <laughs> I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's broken. Is that the plot of Encanto? Yes or no? Yeah. That's, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Oh, so many years ago. Whoa! <laughs> and every year the family blessings grow. Whoa! Just a lot you simply have to know. So, so 